Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Armand. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So, um, we've re- in the last couple of weeks, we've had the news that uh, Chris Latner is leaving Apple and moving over to Tesla. And while there's a lot of interesting aspects and things related to that change, um, I'm not interested in talking about any of the ones that you probably would expect me to talk about, about Swift, its future, about what this means about Apple. None of that's particularly interesting for me today uh, for the purposes of this show. What I'm interested in talking about, and what I'm really curious to hear what you think too, Marco, is how him leaving and making this big um, career transition um, in a weird way made me think a lot about uh, my own career and my own kind of situation as a developer, um, specifically being an independent. So, because in a traditional job, you know, where you you start off, maybe you're a junior developer, um, which you know sort of means that you are work, you know, are, you're writing code, but you're usually someone who's sort of supervising you, you know, checking your work. Um, that you're kind of mentoring you as you get better and better. Maybe you become a senior developer, whatever that means, where maybe you're then doing that mentoring. Um, and then in my experience, I mean, which I've only worked really at two companies, but I think it, it generalizes reasonably well. You, you kind of hit a point from when you are on that, you, you start off technical completely. And then at a certain point, you kind of had hit this fork in the road where you have to either be somewhat more managerial in terms of, you know, running a team or being, doing more of the managerial sides of things, or you become kind of more... I don't even know, like armchair technical, and you become like the architect role or the um, chief, you know, chief technology officer or chief scientist. Like, there's lots of different terms for that. But you you go like down the, I'm going to just keep going more and more technical, and you kind of have this progression. And in a lot of companies, the awkward thing for most for a lot of engineers is you to really advance your career you often have to start going down the managerial role that's just the way that i think most a lot of company cultures work that you know the best jobs and if you want to advance your salary if you want to have more say in what you do management is often a thing that comes with that which is awkward if what you want to do is code now that path and that that sort of structure i think is completely irrelevant when you decide you want to be an independent so like for me i started uh, being an independent developer about eight years ago a little over eight years ago and ever since then i've essentially had no job or like no job title um where i don't it's not like i was started as you know started as a junior developer as my independent thing and now i'm like working my way up it's like i've always just sort of done everything and what this has made me think about, though, is the, is there a, a next step? Like, I remember, you know, if you start a job off in the last queue, like, where would you like to see yourself in five years? Where would you like to see yourself in 10 years? And, um, you know, in a lot of places, it's like, well, eventually, maybe I want to be, you know, the vice president of autopilot software. Like, that sounds really interesting. Like, you know, you, you kind of end up, you can imagine a role down the road uh, doing some kind of, you know, senior leadership position, doing something really awesome. Being independent, though, I don't really know what that would be for me. Like, I in, in, maybe in five years, I, if I'm doing the same thing, like, I'll be doing the same thing. Um, and I don't really have any expectations of hiring somebody or, like, doing those types of things. And so I'm not getting any managerial experience. And so even if I wanted to become a manager, like, 
in a weird way, if I'd like wanted to get a job, say I wanted to get a job at a tech company, like I'm senior enough in terms of capability and age and experience that I would probably want to be reasonably you know, high in that company. But I'm pretty sure I'd be an awful manager because I have no managerial experience whatsoever and certainly not managerial experience commensurate with my level of experience. And that's really weird. Like both, honestly, like not even just managing people, but I also haven't been managed um, in eight years. So I haven't had like good managers that I can learn good things from and bad managers that I can, you know, learn not what to what, learn what not to do from. And I don't know. It was just something that I started thinking about this week that seemed like it would be an interesting topic because I think when you become independent, this is not really what you tend to think about. I just really know I didn't. I didn't think that eight years from when I started, I would still be doing this and I would have kind of driven my career in this very specific direction. You know, one that I love. I love being independent, but it's definitely, I think, put my put me in a very odd position um, as a result. Yeah, I found myself in a pretty similar place uh, on this. You know, I, I too worked for two jobs before I went independent. Um, one of them was a small software company in Pittsburgh, uh, and then the other one was uh, Tumblr. And both of those were very different. And, and I kind of... So so in the one in Pittsburgh, this was right after I, I graduated from college. Uh, so I thought I was hot stuff. I thought I knew everything. And I learned uh, over the two years that I was there that I knew nothing. <laughs> and and, and I, I learned a tremendous deal uh, from working there because I was working with people who were uh, older, more experienced, and smarter than me. Um, and so I, I, I was able to absorb, even though I, I didn't fully appreciate it at the time, I don't think, uh, but I was able to absorb tons of, of just wisdom and, and reality uh, from from the from the staff at that company, um, and when I went to Tumblr, it was kind of different. It was just me and David for the majority of my time there for I think the first at least two years, and then it was still just me and David as the programming and technical staff for even longer after that. It was only in the last few months or, or maybe the last year that I was there that there were actually other programmers <laughs> and, uh, who, who were working there. So it was a very, it was a very small staff of, of mostly just the two of us uh, for most of that time. And it was weird because David was, was even younger than me. Here I was. I had only had two years of experience uh, with you know since college. Then I go to work for a company where my boss is five years younger than me, though I didn't know that, know that at the time, um, and he's had even less experience than I have with programming. So to him, I was like the senior programmer, and here I was coming out of a company where I was really the junior programmer, um, and working there for the next four years, I, I had to kind of develop skills you know, on on demand as the company kind of exploded in in, in uh, user base, and kind of had to force us to learn how to do things like scale, um, and then how to how to manage a big service and things like that. Uh, but I was never really taught that by anybody else. Like I was taught from David lots of other things during that time. David was a really good product person and really good at handling image and and PR and everything, and so. I learned a lot from him, but not about programming. Programming, I, I was still, I was mostly on my own or learning from you know web sources, you know open source or or uh, other programmers that I would talk to occasionally who worked in other places or things like that, uh, blog posts, you know. But so it was weird that I, I 
I kind of never got like the next level education uh, that, that you would presumably get if you're working as a junior programmer or a mid-level programmer under like a senior programmer or whatever whatever these titles are and mean i honestly have no idea either <laughs> something i think you're you're you really are sounded roughly correct it's plausible at least um so one of the things that i you know one of the problems during that time is i, I learned very quickly that you know these things are all relative like you know when i was in pittsburgh i I was able to look up to the people who were there before me and and to 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 go to them with problems and and to hear their critiques of how I was doing things and to get their input on on the best ways to do things and to get some of their discipline uh, to learn that that from them. And then when I, when I went to Tumblr, I I was responsible for trying to set that tone. But David was a programmer too, so it wasn't just me. So I I, I had to kind of. F- I had to be somewhat of like a technical manager of the project, but without being the boss, which is not an easy balance to strike for either of us. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and so I got kind of bits and pieces of like senior level experience, but I still have massive holes in my knowledge and my experience and, and my my practice uh, of programming. I have massive holes that I just either experienced very little of, mostly in my first job, or that I've never experienced. So things like, for instance, I've never worked with a project manager, like ever. Sure. I don't even know what they do. Like I, I, They tell me, and that's it sounds reasonable, and it sounds like a good job, but I have no idea what that means in practice. Like I have no idea what it's like to work with, for, as, or under a, a program or project manager. Uh, I don't even know the difference between those two things. Uh, and... <laughs> And, and you know, other big things, like, I, I've never really worked at a company that, that scored very well on, on Joel Spolsky's The Joel Test. Remember that? Vaguely. So, Joel Spolsky wrote, back in Joel on Software, like, a billion years ago, um, he wrote a, a famous post called The Joel Test, and it was basically, like, a, a, a little, like, checklist of, like, here's, like, it was, like, ten or roughly ten things that that a good healthy software development organization should should do or have and it was things like have a bug tracker have a schedule stuff like that and i've never worked at a place that had even probably five of those things uh because everything was like pittsburgh it was still kind of figuring itself out and then tumblr we just never got our act together we we were so busy doing other things and neither of us even knew what to do in that regard um and so i've often thought like one of the only regrets I have about my career is that I never got a chance to kind of go to like boot camp almost like to to go to a place a, a a big company a place like Apple or something like that like you know go to a big company where I would learn more about what it's like to be a developer in that kind of large scale professional environment because I've I've never had that and looking at my current career and you know the way I am. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever will have that. Uh, I think it's fairly unlikely. Um, so it's a regret that I have that I never got to develop those skills and have that experience of working in that kind of capacity. But I don't regret it enough to want to go back and and drop what I'm doing now and change my lifestyle now to go back and get that. But maybe maybe later in my life I'll change my mind on that and maybe I will go work for a big company you know, just to get that experience. I don't know. Yeah, because I think that's the thing that I've been wrestling with this last week. It's this funny thought of, like, I can see myself doing the job that I have now, 
for probably the next maybe five years like in terms of in it like i don't i don't really plan out that far or anything but it's like i can kind of imagine that this sort of in independent ios developer thing kind of will work for that for that amount of time but it gets harder when i start to think of like would i do i really see like i'm making ios apps independently as like a viable living maybe 20 years from now uh, where I, you know, I expect to still be working, hopefully, um, in in twenty years, um, like that starts to get a little squishy. Like, do I really? Can I really, really, realistically expect myself to, you know, um, be doing this work for say the next thirty or forty years? Like, it starts to get squishy, and then I start to think, like, I, just like you, like I feel like I have these big gaps in my in my capabilities, in my skills that you kind of can only get from experience. And I mean, I'm sure at a certain point, like if I went and got a job at a, com- a big company, I could, I would pick it up quickly. I would, you know, dive, dive into it and learn it as best as I can, just in the same way that, um, if for one thing, I will say that being an independent has definitely taught me is the ability to learn things quickly because most of what I do, it's like, I don't know how to do this at all. Now I need to know how to do it because that's just part of the job. There's no other person. Like if I need to host a web server, I just had to go and work out how to do that and, you know, like sit there, spin up my first Linode, um, you know, VPS box and like mess around with it for a while until I could get it to work. And you kind of have developed, I've developed that skill of learning quickly from being independent, but not the actual skills that I would need to learn quickly. But like you said, like, I don't, it's not like I want to stop what I'm doing now and go and learn those things. Like take a, like for the, you know, go get a regular job for, you know, for five years to develop the skills of being an effective technical manager like that, that doesn't appeal to me, but it's weird when I think, you know, will the 10 years in my future self, like be mad at me right now for, for doing that being like, why did you spend all that time doing the, all doing all that in, indie stuff when eventually you're going to have to go and get a job and that's going to be problematic. But it's a weird tension though. Like I don't know what the, the right answer to it. And that thing, whenever I hit something like this that I don't have a good answer to that, I feel slightly uncomfortable about the fact that like I'm getting really good at making apps and doing it in a way that um, like works for me and has, you know, a certain amount of success in the market and those types of skills. But there's a certain aspect to being a professional developer that like I have zero experience in that is arguably, you know, just as important, may not be that, just as important, but significantly important um, if I ever want to do this work in a professional context that isn't just, you know, me in my basement with an iMac writing my own code. This episode of Under the Radar is brought to you by MacPaw and the new setup. MacPaw is well known as the developer of apps such as CleanMyMac and Gemini, but they've been working on something new called SetApp. SetApp is an alternative to the App Store we know on the Mac, with a totally new business model, and its public launch is approaching quickly. With SetApp, you pay one monthly fee and get access to the best Mac software included in that flat fee. There's no ads and no more paid upgrades. You just pay the flat fee every month to access new software, and this also supports developers on a continuing basis for their work. SetApp has already lined up an impressive list of well-known Mac software for the service, including Ulysses, Rapid Weaver 7, Reveal, 
iStat menus, love iStat menus, LTMA player, and many more. You can get instant access to the open beta right now. That's an open beta right now at setapp.com slash under the radar. Once again, to go to access the open beta, go to setapp.com slash under the radar. Thank you so much to MacPaw and SetApp for their support of this show and Relay FM. So where do you see yourself in ten years, Marco? Oh jeez, I don't even know. Beach house? No. <laughs> there you go. Just just retire early. Be yeah, done with I don't it. I, I think about this sometimes too. I honestly have no idea. I mean it, it's it's an incredible luxury we have to to have to think about like, well, what kind of job do we want to have after our after our self created non job that makes us money for in this <laughs> in this luxurious lifestyle that we lead? Like, you know, a lot of people would give a lot to be in our position. Um Absolutely. It's a it's a good thing to clarify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I, I think you know one thing. One thing that uh, Daniel Jalkut uh, told me a long time ago uh, was that once you go indie for a, a pretty short amount of time, you very quickly uh, become unemployable. Uh, in in not in the sense that nobody will hire you, but in the sense that you quickly lose the the tolerance of working for other people. Um, you know, and and I don't know. I haven't gone back to work yet since going indie for anybody else. So I don't know if that would be true for me. Uh, it certainly sounds likely. <laughs> I can, I can tell yeah. you that. Like I, I certainly, I mean, even when I was working for other people, I was not the easiest person to manage. Um, I, I, it, it's not that I wouldn't work or that I would, you know, not show up or anything, but it was just really hard to motivate me to work on things I didn't want to do. Uh, and of course, every job involves things that I don't want to do. Even my current self-made job involves lots of things I don't want to do, and I and I do indeed put put them off forever. And you know, it's <laughs> you know, it, it it's uh, I, this is a part of my personality that I still have not solved, and probably never will at this point. But I, I can keep trying. Uh, but so ultimately, uh, I don't know what else I will do. I don't expect iOS development to last forever as my job or, or as, as a like viable job for, for lots of people. I mean, it's already hard, right? It, it, it's already very hard for most people to do it uh, as, as the only thing they do, uh, unless it's something like consulting. Uh, but like for, for what we do, more of like the product thing, uh, that's very hard. And not a lot of people do that for their living. So I don't expect that I will be doing iOS development in a meaningful way in 10 years i might that might be that might be cool you know but i'm not going to say i'm definitely not going to be doing it but i wouldn't expect that i would expect something else to have supplanted it by then um and you know that's whether that's an apple platform i i hope it is i like apple platforms um or whether it's something else maybe i'm not doing a lot of a lot of programming at all in in 10 years maybe maybe in 10 years i'm just going to be uh an angry podcaster complaining about everything all the time oh wait i'm that today uh no <laughs> you know like like maybe in 10 years i will be I will, I will be focusing more on media stuff and and less on on programming i have no idea uh but you know as we've talked about on on previous shows like this is one of the reasons why i try to keep my options open and why i try to develop multiple skills uh in different areas because the markets change, the job market changes, demand changes, uh, and and down at the bottom of it, I change. And, and what I like to do changes, uh, what I'm able to do, what what I'm good and bad at, uh, what I what I feel is good use of my time versus what isn't. All of these things change over time as as people grow and their life situation changes, and you know 
you know, right now I have a young child. Before I had a kid, I, I would have made different. I did make different decisions. Uh, right now he's young. I make a certain set of decisions. And now, you know, as he gets older, my lifestyle will presumably change along with those changes and will extend in different ways. And, and you know, so I can't say what I'll be doing in 10 years. All I can say really is I expect everything to change because it always does. And I, I just try to prepare myself for what that might be. And that might be going to work for somebody else. Um, I, again, I wouldn't rule that out. I just don't think it's a very likely outcome based on just me and my personality type. Uh, I, I think I've gotten so so full of myself as an independent developer now that I, <laughs> I, I really can't see myself going back um, unless, and, and you know, again, people change, unless there's some kind of big project that I want to tackle that would require working with or for other people. So right now, like one of the downsides, and I think you feel similarly, uh, one of the downsides uh, of my limited uh, experience is, as you mentioned earlier, like I don't have any management experience. Um, I, I've never managed anybody, even at Tumblr, uh, even when we hired more programmers in my last year or so there, they all reported to David, not me. I was kind of like this, like offshoot, kind of like was like in his role, and like yeah. you know, like as the company got bigger, he kind of just did his own thing and then eventually left. Um, I, as far as I know, I, I don't know the details, but that's kind of what I was doing. I, I was really like I was given my own assignments by David, who was the boss of all of us. Nobody reported directly to me. I've never had anybody. I've never had any direct reports. I've never been a manager. Even when I have, you know, in in previous businesses, um, I have occasionally paid contractors to do certain things. But even those were very, very basic, shallow, low kind of low touch arrangements um, that didn't involve much management from me at all. Um, so there's a whole set of potential things that, that I could possibly make or want to make someday that would require more people. And because I've never managed people and and don't really have an interest in doing that, I basically can't tackle those the, that set of problems. Like I, I just can't do that. If I want to change that that statement, and if I if I want to become a manager of people and, and possibly do things like take on investment, which is a whole different level of management, and 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 uh, you know, because then you're managing the investors as well as your employees and everything. Like if I want to do do that kind of thing to make some kind of big company or bigger than one person company, uh, down the road I might want to do that. You know, like if if I can no longer do what I what I want to do with just myself. I will need to change, and then that will change kind of my working environment and and whether I'm working with or for people. Uh, but right now, I'm pretty happy just doing things with myself, and like I, I'm pretty happy with what I can accomplish as one person. And there's always going to be more that I could do that I wish I had time to do. But uh, but then there's also the trade off of if I would tackle that, then I would have all these downsides, and and I'm not sure the downsides are worth it to me. Yeah, and and I think. There is something that on the, the sort of the counterpoint of these skills that we're not learning side of things that like we're not learning the skills of I was going to say business, but it's not really business, but it's that kind of it's the management and budgeting and HR and 
like all of those aspects that are kind of the, the the necessary bureaucracy of a company. Well, I'm pretty sure we're learning a lot about business and budgeting as app developers, <laughs> probably more so than we would learn working at another company, actually. <laughs> Maybe. But, you know, th- like there's certainly aspects of that. Like I, I, you know, we're not filling in those TPS reports um, for ourselves. We're not building those kinds of skills. Yeah, workers downloading the Apple iTunes Connect reports and yeah, filling out contracts. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of overlap. We just have to deal enough. with somebody else's BS instead of our bosses. There you go. But I do think the interesting thing is that, like, I feel like one nice thing about being independent is like I am. I would say I have a very broad to what you're just saying. Like, I have a very broad set of skills in a lot of areas that I wouldn't have if I was working at a company. That like I have to file my own taxes. I have to do you know uh, payroll withholding. I have to do you know all kind of like business license and compliance things. Um, I'm doing my own benefits and managing those. Like, there's lots of aspects of biz of you know businesses that i have to learn it's like you end up with this very broad experience when you're independent because you have to wear all those hats you have to do all those things you don't just have you know have a department that takes care of it Um, but on the flip side this is the thing that i think i like gives me some comfort in in all of this when i and i think about you know oh am i am i missing out am i gonna you know kind of find myself in a position that i look back and kind of regret that i've left this entire aspect of being a professional developer um, like completely flat for so many years. It's like the thing that I think about though is it's being independent also means that in addition to having a very wide experience at a very, you know, in some ways in a shallow way, I have certain areas of things where I am able to be much more uh, of an expert and much more focused and have experiences and skills developed to a level that I don't think would have been possible in a typical company where it's, you know, I can, because I I can choose my assignments in terms of like what I'm working on to such a degree that, you know, I've chosen to focus essentially all of my efforts for the last couple of years in one way or another on the Apple watch and making, being really good at making apps for that. Like it's a skill that maybe in some ways I could have done there, but if I'd been at a bigger company, but what it means is like, I, this is now something that I have. And like, my guess is like that technical expertise and the ability to really, and like have people having the experience of having to build things all the way from one end to the other is probably going to be more valuable ultimately than having these other skills and these other abilities that I would have developed developed if I'd been in a, in a corporate environment that if I ever get to that point where I want to go and, work for you know be a uh, a director of a software group maybe like if that became my career goal like i expect i would be able to get there still but in a different way that i the things that the skills and the strengths that i would be leaning on as i was trying to you know sort of prove myself in that environment would look more technical and would look um more to this kind of this breadth of experience and this sense of having the, you know, the whole, the whole picture in mind. And like, that would get me, you know, to sort of make up the handicap that I was getting. Um, or at least that's what I tell myself, but like, it, it's okay because it's like the, I'm getting experience that you can't get any other way that is still valuable and still transferable. Um, just not, you know, it, it's like, it's just not comprehensive and like the things that i lack in managerial skills um or office politics skills or those types of things that like the things that i don't 
miss about having a corporate job. Like I don't miss having office politics that I have to work through where it's like, why are we doing this? This seems foolish. It's like, well, this is the way that Bob wants to do it. And Bob's the one who has the ear of the whatever, like those things don't exist. We all have a Bob. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that Bob, um, yeah. So (laughs) was yours actually named Bob? It sounds like you have some history there. No, no, no. It's it's like the name, the names have been changed to protect the innocent or the guilty in this case. Um, but I think I've actually worked with a Bob. Um, but anyway, like those things I don't miss. And I think the reality is I am going to be, it's like, I'll, I'll be fine because, being independent is in like there are so maybe not like i maybe i'm not going to go work for like some big massive government contracting company with that you know like cmmi level five like the super formal like rigorous software engineering stuff that i just really would fall behind in but if i wanted to work at a startup that was making something that i thought was cool um i could probably make up the ground in the other things and like it's more important and more impressive to have had a history of shipping products from start to finish is probably valuable in its own way. If nothing else, I hear Tesla's hiring. (laughs) I hear that too. And they make great products. We have, we both have one in our driveways. They're fantastic. (laughs) All right. That's all the time we have this week. Uh, Thank you everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.